Welcome to a Frugal Athlete Podcast, where we interview athletes, both current and former, on the prudent financial practices and smart career decisions they are making. In these episodes, we dive into what it means to be a frugal athlete. You might think that frugal just means being cheap, but as you will soon learn, being frugal is more complex than that. Hey, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of a Frugal Athlete Podcast. Today, we got two people on the podcast, two people I highly admire, highly respect. People that are doing amazing things, not only for the community, but for the career space in general, for athletes, both former, current, incoming, upcoming, high profile, low profile. They, they touch a lot of different things. Uh, finally got them to get on the podcast. They're very busy human beings doing <laughs> doing God's work. But I have Ainsley and Zeke as part of Uru Sports. How are you both doing today? Great. Thanks so much for having us, MLB. Doing good, doing good. Nah, most definitely. It's, it's been a long time coming. So real quick, we're just going to get right into it. How did y'all get together? What does Uru Sports mean? And a quick background about yourselves. I'm sure you're tired of, you know, doing the, the two-minute elevator pitch. <laughs> but for the folks that may not know, what's your story? Yeah, so Uru, it's actually Maori. And that's the language of New Zealand. And it means access, join, fit, and lead. And that's exactly what we help companies do is access top great talent who will join their companies, fit in with their culture and lead them to new heights. Um, so we're both former athletes. We know that athletes make great employees. They're, it's the work ethic, the drive, all those untangibles that sport, you learn through sports that often get overlooked on a resume. <laughs> Yeah. Those are what the the companies really want to access. There's just such high churn of employees today. And so companies are really looking for those talents that have the it factor and athletes often have those. Um, and so we are really helping former or current and former college Olympic and pro athletes navigate their career transition and really find meaningful work. Um, so many of our both of us had tough um, career transitions actually after sport. And it led us to, there's just so many athletes that we talked to that's like, I just don't know what to do next. This is oh. even in one or two or three career career transitions later, they still haven't found a career that they're excited to wake up for, you know, and really have that passion for that they had in their sport. And so that's what we're really passionate about is helping athletes just find that amazing fit career that they're excited to pour and work into and really make a difference on, in that company. So that's my story. Zeke's come along, co-founder. Yeah, tell and it's, it's actually uh, pretty crazy because uh, Ainsley and I have known each other since freshman year of college. Mm -hmm. uh, we were in the dorms together. Uh, while she was on the field hockey team, I was on the soccer team. Um, and when sister, we became fast friends, like our personalities are, are a little bit different, but that actually makes it work really well. You know, she, she runs the company. I run the operations and the kind of design space. Um, but actually while we were in college, we started our own student org, uh, cause we would go on these kind of mission trips, um, uh, because we were both part of athletes in action. Um, us with another one of our good friends, uh, Lexi, uh, we would go to these, you know, we would go to California, we would go to all these places and, you know, just serve at the different community centers. Mm -hmm. um, and what's interesting kind of uh, being an uh, athlete at the University of Michigan uh, is they really put, for better or for worse, they really put athletes on this kind of high pedestal, right? Yeah. Um, and, and 
kind of when you're not the football or kind of basketball team, it, it, it starts to make you wonder, like, well, you know, how how valuable is my signature going to be, you know, yeah. 30 days from now, <laughs> three years from now? Um, but we did a lot of service kind of, you know, uh, through those mission trips at the University of Michigan. Uh, but we realized like we could do something deeper, something more meaningful and really use this kind of spotlight that we were given as athletes to really help serve. Um, so we started this uh, student org called Athletes for Community Transformation. And the whole goal was to really, you know, go beyond the signature and really get into like uh, the community and really get outside of the traditional Ann Arbor bubble and go into the community taking athletes and really serving on a, on a weekly or biweekly basis so we could really kind of build those relationships. Um, and it's funny, kind of just fast forward to what we do now, it's really about taking that athlete um, and helping them, you know, building relationship with them to try to understand what they're looking for and what they're seeking, <coughs> uh, putting them in the right uh, position and, sh and showing them in the best light. No, I love that for so many reasons, because it sets the precedent of how y'all started Uru Sports. Y'all were both serving at the collegiate level. Now you're serving in this corporate level as entrepreneurs in the startup space. Real quick, I want to rewind. All right. So New Zealand, what, where, like, are you from New Zealand or is just? <laughs> so I actually, after I graduated from Michigan, yeah. I went on and played field hockey professionally for seven teams across the world okay. and New Zealand was my favorite place that I went to while I was on okay. my uh, travels abroad um, I actually never played there but I had a, a contract signed when I got into a business program and worked with the coach <laughs> um, but yeah Uru, New Zealand just had a special place in my heart they the way that they approach sport over there is so um so much about the the network and community. Um, yeah. And I just love the balance of it. Um, and so when we were looking at the, what we do about leadership and I, I'm sure you've watched the New Zealand team and they're yeah, like, uh, they just attack, they attack, you know, life and they have that spirit and charisma um, that is just, yeah, we want our brand and everything that we do to radiate that. So that's a little backstory. <laughs> no, that's good. I, I appreciate the backstory. And then obviously y'all are college friends, both athletes. Talk about the opportunity that there is, you know, finding a co-founder, finding people that you can do business with right in your own backyard. I feel like a lot of people are searching like the mentor and, you know, mm -hmm. the big guy or gal that's made it to so many different areas, but you all connected I had a common interest, you know, through athletes in action, did your own thing, but now I finally came back together to build this platform. Uh, what are the benefits of the partnership, things that you would recommend for athletes that are looking to create their own lane? That's awesome. And I think it was funny. I actually took some Michigan field hockey players out to dinner last week and I was telling them, you never know who you're going to become friends with and we'll be doing business with later on like you don't know which relationships are really going to you know be that that so just network really build deep connections it's not about as many it's more about deep um, and I think that's what's coming full circle is that really authentic deep friendships really come yeah full circle and mm -hmm. it's so special to be able to do <laughs> build this and bring this to life with Ezekiel so yeah yeah and I'll and say to add that I think it's 
because startups are just so hard mm -hmm. and there's so many ups and downs like you know every week you know there, there seems to be something going good and then something going bad <clears throat> that journey um having somebody that you know and that you know that that you know deeply and they know you deeply and understand your values so when you have to be making kind of decisions you both understand where each other is coming from is actually like super super beneficial and mm -hmm. i was watching something the other day um about this investor who said he, he doesn't invest in like uh solo founders as much yeah um, because you don't have that person who can pick you up right when i'm feeling down angel's like nope let's go let's go let's we gotta let's go we gotta go mm -hmm. you need that you need that that teammate to help you yeah. um and i mean for both of us we never thought kind of coming out of college that we would reconnect during the pandemic and decide like hey let's go on this journey together uh we always stay connected um talked every now and again but never in the kind of business sense necessarily um and yeah. i think when you know the opportunity came with what we both wanted to focus on we we we, we just deeply enjoy helping people mm -hmm. and like that's like the underlying layer of like for both of us and for all the people we bring on our team yeah. um, and so i think just like my advice would be finding somebody who has and shares your same core values, no matter what the business idea is. Mm -hmm. um, investors really invest in teams um, and, and mm -hmm. the people in, on those teams. Um, and I think for us, like we have a friendship outside of business, you know. Um, mm -hmm. So it makes it yeah. so it makes business being one one aspect, but also our friendship underlying all of that. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's super helpful. Yeah. And I love what you talked about, like when we're expanding our team, what has been so amazing is to really look at our bigger purpose of creating UVRAIL and then really bring on people who all believe that they're living their individual purposes and our company's mission and the work that mm -hmm. we do. And so that's been just a way that, yeah, the team all have such deep mutual respect for each other because we all know that we're doing this for a bigger purpose, which is really mm -hmm. powerful. It, it leads me to my next question. Obviously, when it comes to business, it's ultimately, you know, it's a previous pain point that you had in your life or you want to solve a problem. I feel like you all doing both in this specific mm -hmm. industry. And I, I'm sure you have a bunch of stats and data around the athlete transition. Both of you have faced the athlete transition. Can you talk about it from your perspective? And if you were to tell yourself, um, we're not going to age ourselves on this on this show, but senior year, Zeke, senior year, Ainsley, coming out, what would you tell yourself in terms of the transition? That's a good question. I would probably tell myself, just, just keep pursuing what you're interested in, because as you do that, like opportunities will present themselves and you just have to trust in your own ability to kind of execute and just enjoy that. And I always take a perspective of like, you know, I'm going to be working, you know, 40, 50 years. Yeah. Right. So I might as well do something that I enjoy, not something that I was told I was supposed to do. Cause all right, Zeke, I want to challenge this. As you all know, you are in the space day in, day out. Student athlete, collegiate athlete. They're so ingrained in the sport and then the classes that they take. So how do I find out what I want to do? How do mm -hmm. I find out what I like? What's the response to young Zeke then? Try a lot of different things. I've mm -hmm. lived a lot of different careers, you know, mm -hmm. trying to trying to find that thing. And I think, you know, without going about aiding ourselves, I think I'm still like in that process of really discovering what do I enjoy? What do I not enjoy? Um, and a lot of times that takes, you know, it takes the time to to develop that. You have to you have to do something to realize 
actually, <laughs> I'm not at all like interested in that that space or or that particular thing. For me, like my junior year, I started to. I'm, over, I'm sure you can relate to this. You know, probably since four or five years old, been playing soccer. You know, by eight, it was my only sport. I tried football once. <laughs> one game and I was like, no, this this, this just isn't me. Um, But played soccer uh, and and got to the University of Michigan uh, and had always been my like dream and my, my, what I saw myself doing. But then I kind of got to my junior year and I started asking myself, like, is this truly what I want to do? Or or does God have something bigger for me um, that that I can be working on? Uh, Got to senior year, graduated early because they they draft you in the middle of your senior year and either finish or you kind of come back later um I, I decided to finish um and around that same time like got to the combine you know um watching i remember watching the draft and thinking like um this is gonna be big and it went down to the last pick and it wasn't me and strangely enough there was actually a huge relief from me or for me on now like the world kind of opened. I went on to play semi-pro because I still love the sport, yeah. but it opened up the world for me to ask myself, like, what do I truly want to do? And it, it it was really around serving people. I got into nonprofits, um, got talk about opportunities, got into nonprofits, got into uh, real estate development, got into consulting, got into design, like all just kind of based off of curiosity and interest. I realized some of those things I, I enjoyed more, some of them I enjoyed less. <laughs> Um, but it was only by kind of going through them that I was really able to like find my kind of lane. I realized like I'm actually more of a creative and, you know, don't talk to me before 10 a.m. Like that's just, <laughs> uh, my team knows like I'm just my brain is not functioning yet. And I and I know the core areas and the core times in which I really thrive um, in the work I do. Yeah. Um, but it only took like those kind of lessons to, to get and get to that point. Um, and I don't know what your yeah, I, Zeke, I feel like an important part of your story that though that you kind of left out or sk- skimmed over there was the the period or those six months after mm-hmm. when you really didn't know what, because yeah. I think that's a really powerful, um, and then you trying to navigate your first, you know, internship. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. one that's... of the things that sucks about graduating early is you don't have that six months to actually look for a job. For jobs, right? Yeah. Um, so I probably spent, yeah, spent like, spent like six months on my mom's couch trying to figure out what I was going to do next. Um, and essentially begging anybody to give my political science degree a chance. <laughs> Nobody knew what that was. I still barely know what that is, but I was pitching it to everyone and, and trying to just get my foot in the door, which is something that we hear a lot from early, early career athletes of like, I just need somebody to give me a chance. Right. So we can really kind of relate to that, to that aspect. Um, but I remember at one point, like I studied political science. So the next natural progression was for me to go to law school. Yeah. And I remember buying the books, you know, registering for the uh, practice exams and getting to the point where I was just like, this is not at all what I want <laughs> to do. Like, why am I forcing myself to go down this path and choosing unhappiness versus kind of choosing the unknown that could actually help me lead? Mm-hmm. Um, more kind of fulfillment in, in the work that I do. Um, so I, I was definitely lucky just to have people around me who who weren't necessarily forcing me into any kind of lane, um, but supported me in the decisions that I made. Like it was, I mean, tough to like say, hey, I'm not going to do soccer anymore. 
after mom and uncles and, you know, granny's taking you to practice um, and paying for all that stuff and, you know, investing mm. all that money in that for you to say, actually, I don't think this is the the way anymore. Right. Um, and you have to you have to you have to know who you are, at least at least in part as a young person to to really be able to almost admit that to yourself. Right. So, yeah, that was that was a big part of my my own kind of awakening, if you will. Right. And what about you, Ainsley? Yeah, I, I had kind of an awakening as well my junior year of college. Um, I was pre-med undergrad, really. Mm-hmm. I, I was a walk-on for the field hockey team, actually. Was a captain by my junior year, made the Junior World Cup team, uh, really just like getting better and better. I was kind of a three-sport athlete in high school, so really just pouring into field hockey. It was just, I loved it. You know, you could see yourself progressing and um, so being in the, mm-hmm. kind of the Team USA circle, um, I knew there were a lot of opportunities on that front. And I just kind of at the same time realized that I wasn't so sure about pre-med. My family is a, a bunch of doctors. <laughs> and so it was kind of that was like kind of the path I, I knew about. Um, I realized that probably wasn't the path for um, my adventurous soul. (laughs) And I think that one thing for college kids as you're graduating, you know, or young adult, it's really, there's no right path. So you can take the pressure away from yourself about that. um, And just focus on surrounding yourselves with people who you can learn from. And just yeah, like who will also champion you. I think it's about, I, it's amazing now, like coming full circle, there's people who I leaned on for, um, right after I graduated, I realized I didn't want to go into, you know, do the med school route. I ended up playing professionally overseas through a connection from the USA coach sent me to England for a couple months to train, kind of fell in love with that. Um, Gained to growing up in Ann Arbor, going to school, university in Ann Arbor. I just was like, I'm getting to experience the world, learn so much about myself, see different cultures. Um, I also did a bunch of odd jobs, um, you know, that marketing sales, you know, just really getting to learn about all these different various career paths when I was over there. Um, And actually when I was overseas, I realized how many, opportunities there were to continue playing. And so I became really passionate about helping other athletes who didn't have quite as an extensive network as myself, um, navigate and play, follow their passion and play overseas as well and find like a good fit. So I would help athletes connect them with other teammates. Um, so if a a teammate of mine from England wanted to play in Japan, I had some teammates from Japan. You were like an agent. I really, I really, I really was. Um, but it was kind of just like out of my own passion for helping people. Um, and then we ended up placing more than 600 field hockey athletes to teams overseas, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just like the power of network. I think if you lean in and like are really curious about people, um, and want to help and other people want to help as well. Like that's what the power of the athlete network is so strong and that's why I can't wait to harness that by showcasing what athletes work at different companies around the world you know and what are these great opportunities and the champions within the companies who will help make sure you they'll give you that foot in the door but then also like 
you can reach out to them. You can, they can kind of be your support network when you're kind of unsure where to go. So, and I would, and I would, I, I love that. And I would, I would lean into the the network. Like one of the things, one of our, part of our core beliefs is like network is power. Right. And I think if I'm going back to my kind of younger self and like one piece of advice that I would give and I continue to tell myself this thing is to be authentically connecting with people okay. goes a long way like not just reaching out just to, well, being a t- being intentional essentially yeah being intentional but no but actually being authentic right okay like though you you know that there's a bunch of people who kind of reach out hey can I pick your brain like all all those kinds of things but if you're truly curious about the person their journey, like how they got to where they are, like, and you can actually talk to them as a friend, as a colleague, as a potential mentor, all those relationships that we built in in our own kind of separate pathways are now coming back around in what we're doing now, because people remember us as like people who were kind, people who were generous, people who like wanted to help, as opposed to like always just kind of taking and I feel like it's really coming back full circle because, you know, people remember like the faces and the names of people who maybe didn't treat them well. Right. And exactly. when, you, when you think about networking, really creating a bond, like I, I talk to a lot of people. I have one, you know, one call with somebody, you know, we're just talking about stuff. We're going deeper. We're going, we're talking about different areas. And sometimes I end the call with like, hey, we're friends now. So like, <laughs> I'll probably Anything call you, you one day. Like <laughs> I'll probably call you one day, one day because I feel like we made a connection, right? Like even when you were out in Detroit, you hit me up. Like, yo, I'm out, I'm out in Detroit. Like, of course I couldn't go, but we we had only talked. You know? Ainsley, he, Ainsley, he flaked on me, you know. Oh man. <laughs> 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 I got too many kids running around. That's the <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's a great point. And it, it leads to my next question. Uru sports, you know, we have a little understanding of it, but I'm an athlete whether it's out of college, out of high school, uh, professionally ranked. Give me the process. And I, I, I understand that y'all are startups. So y'all are pitching this to many different VCs and investors and, and career centers, mm-hmm. jobs, athletes. So it may be overwhelming, but for my sake and our audience, I'm on Uru Sports Platform. Take me through the process. Yeah. So Essentially, if you're an athlete who's seeking or who might be seeking, whether you just graduated college, finished playing your professional career, um, want to get into a different space, we really lean in on like companies who value hiring athletes, right? Because, you know, you you play your career and you can, we're all the, not to be, you know, arrogant or anything, but we're all top 1% in our sport. The fact that we got to the places that we're at, like or even less than 1%, and we know that that's valuable. So when athletes come and join our bench, um, one of the key things that we really try to hit on as they join is really try to have a conversation with them to really understand, like, what are they seeking? What what are their career goals? Like, how might we help kind of accelerate that and really be their advocate? That comes in different ways, whether it's making a connection. I just made a connection to a former teammate of mine from a a guy who plays soccer at Providence because they had, they had a very similar, like my my teammate had experienced what this um, senior was kind of going through. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of times we we make connections and just try to help in that way. But we also, also, you know, shared just different job opportunities that we think kind of fit with their motivation, their drivers, um, their belief system uh, into companies who who we evaluated, who we've talked to, um, who we think it could be a really good fit. 
Yeah. And one thing is we're partnering with very, being very intentional about partnering with these companies that really value athletes and have this athletic culture um, Mm -hmm. that are the athletes that we're, you know, championing that they will join, fit, lead, um, and really thrive at these companies. Um, And so that is what we, all the athletes that join our bench, they get a hot list of the jobs that are either open now, or sometimes we get exclusive access to jobs that are coming at these companies. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we're building a really trusted partnership with some of these um, really amazing sports brands that um, you'll be seeing in some private public announcements coming soon. So like, For the athlete that may be struggling how to communicate these intangibles, what are some examples of intangibles that you see are helping athletes be successful in the corporate transition space? I think one one thing from personally and then, you know, also that I've seen is, you know, one of key parts is just like simple as like leadership, the ability to make decisions, the, the ability to work on a team, right? Like even those three are super valuable in in the workplace, right? When you need to yeah. lean on somebody who can get something done and you've been yeah. in the position where you have to make a call and and be okay with that. I think a lot of athletes have experienced that, you know, through their sport, through through working with teammates and others that kind of automatically kind of elevates them to like, you know, you really want to be able to lean on whoever you hire and see them as a potential leader in the future, not somebody who who just does what they're told, right? A lot of our sports, you can't just stay in your position. You have to like be seeing the entire field. You have to understand what's going on. You have to read the room. Um, and I think a lot of those kind of like transferable yeah. skills really help athletes succeed. Yeah. And I think if we just look at, there's so much data that supports it out there, yeah. like 95% of Fortune 500 CEOs played competitive sports. Like that, that stat is pretty you know, convincing that the things that you learn in sports really uh, give you the soft skills and personality that will thrive in the, the workspace. And also 94% of women in the C-suite played sports, but that is, I mean, amazing. And yeah. there's, it's something that I'm so passionate about. Sports gave me a sense of confidence that I could do whatever I wanted. You know, yeah. if I put my mind to a goal I and worked hard at it, trained and surrounded myself with the right people, got people to buy in, we could accomplish anything. And so much of that, those lessons that you learn through that, I just make you a great leader in, in the business world. And I think it is that being goal oriented, being resilient, bouncing back after failures, being able to work with a team, all of those are things that we are hearing from our company partners that they love and value and why they want to hire these athletes. We spoke about the intangibles, but what are some tangible skills? Because I tell athletes that I I come across, if I would have known Excel, PowerPoint, those basic skills right off the bat in terms of making like a speedy transition in that Mm -hmm. corporate space, uh, uh, flying colors. But is there anything else from in terms of your experience that, all right, if an athlete's considering moving on into corporate space, this might be helpful Maybe it's like taking public speaking classes. Obviously, we have that uh, innately just by doing interviews and different things in terms of public appearances. But what are those tangible things that athletes can work on while playing, yeah. while trying to be curious yeah. you know, during their career? So this is actually a funny story. This is a little bit of a tangent, but 
we'll bring it back, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when I was in Denver, actually, after coming back, I was doing an improv class and a couple of the players from the Rocky, the Colorado Rapids, um, also were in it with me. And it was just such a fun way to be able to think on our feet quicker. Yeah. Um, and I had read that improv is a way to become better at public speaking and presenting and yeah. answering investor questions. And so I went and did it and with these, these other athletes, which was so, it was such a fun way to get that experience. Am I good yeah. at improv? I'm horrible, like <laughs> terrible. I'm not that funny, <laughs> but yeah. um, it's, I mean, like there, I think you're spot on that public speaking is a really important skill, no matter what you go into. Um, mm -hmm. And so I know Zeke, you can talk more about what for marketing and business development. Yeah. Something that kind of bubbled up to mind coming on, on the improv, it's just working on your communication, right? Being able to communicate with people is like crucial to get your idea across to yeah. um, share your knowledge to you know ask good questions and I think in this day and age right a lot of you know what we do is over zoom so so understanding that medium and how to read people on that but still a lot of it is kind of written communication right whether it be slack or email being able to I lean on being able to succinctly and clearly get your point across is really important if given the opportunity I always think presentation skills help elevate you in no matter what career you're in. If somebody knows that you can present and that you can that you can speak to a room, um, that's all always beneficial. Um, and for me, I, I did it by, you know, being forced to do it. I, I ran an organization and had to give a ton of presentations. I, I taught yeah. classes at universities. I did workshops with, you know, different CEOs and whatnot. And it was only by practice and doing it over and over and over again that I got really comfortable with it. And for me, that's actually my main way of like learning different things is by just like doing it and practicing. So even like the design aspect, I, I definitely think, I, I think Excel and PowerPoint like are definitely key. There's a lot of good tricks that you can learn in Gmail that make it so if you're not a good if you're not good at keeping track of time or like yeah. following people like that there's a lot of different tools even within gmail that can help you kind of in that space um but then you know on the design front if that's something that you are interested in and this is something that we have all of our interns do uh, we actually have them take shots at like designing something yeah. and i really try to break it down I'm like most times it's circles squares and like just positioning of text like design is not really that that complicated. It, you just have to understand some of the basic rules in terms of spacing, in terms of those kind of things. But like with Canva and Figma and all these other tools, like it's something that anybody can learn. And maybe that's just part of my perspective because I've learned so many different things. Like YouTube is a really great teacher yeah. on almost like anything that anything. you are are curious about. Uh, but you have to have that curiosity to to be. And I think this is something good athletes are actually really good at is the willingness to be bad at something before you get good at it, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, I, I was really bad at a lot of things, in design included, before I actually got proficient at them, right? And I think like, yeah. it's okay like to learn new things and like, you don't have to show yeah. everybody being bad. And at I something. think that's, yeah, I think that's a great, it's a great opportunity to 
do those things alongside playing, you know, like Mm -hmm. dive deep into, um, you know, take a course on Figma. I mean, Figma is a powerful design tool, you know, Mm -hmm. that you can do clickable prototypes to bring an idea to life. You know, there's just so many cool things out there that if you are curious, like Zeke's saying, and then there's free tools to learn. So I love that you said that. And I think the theme of this episode is just being curious, but also trying stuff and getting those reps in because mm-hmm. you don't want to wait till the end. And then that, that, that transition period, uh, you're still trying to figure it out. I know it's going to be an ongoing process, but the yep. sooner you can figure out things that you don't like, it'll help you be a quicker process to find out things you do like. Mm-hmm. Um, so Zeke and yeah. Ainsley, you both had stories uh, around that. And I, you know, I have a unique story about, uh, I always thought I wanted to be in the VC space. So I did a VT, a VC internship and I figured, I mean, I still want to be in the space, but not as an analyst because mm-hmm. all they do is look at decks, <laughs> crunch decks right now. I'm like, Oh no, 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 no. Yeah, I like yeah. getting in front of people. I like meeting people face to face, figuring out if it fits to the culture of whatever, but I wouldn't have found that out if I didn't do an internship uh, mm-hmm. and had those reps, yeah. like you both mentioned. Yeah. No, I I just think exactly what you were saying is like Jose Calderon. He's uh, he's on our team as one of our advisors and is in our athlete network with you. Um, But his big thing was helping athletes know to get started exploring before their sport career is over. And so I know that he participated in some different courses and fellowships like you have done Mm -hmm. and I have done. Um, but there's great ways to like that Harvard crossover program. And I know you've done a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're, yeah. we're going to come up with the Uru one soon. Yeah. We're going to yeah. do our own fellowship one. I'm we sure are. <laughs> well, we're working with companies to like think about the internship programs into okay. those too. So definitely a lot of opportunity there. Is there like, uh, obviously, Athletes, they're great. And one of my favorite quotes, someone that we both know, Ainsley, uh, Ryan Neese, he says it all the time. The most dangerous thing in the world is an athlete that knows they can compete in another arena. Um, What are those arenas that athletes find themselves in, like most successful? You know, obviously real estate, we see a lot of athletes get in that space. We see a lot of athletes in the, you know, financial advising space. But based on the research and work that you both do, is there like kind of like a funnel not to, you know, pigeonhole athletes, because we never want to do that. But is there like, based on the work that y'all doing? Yeah, I think so. There's, I mean, like, I love that quote. And I think they're depending on people's passion, they could go into whatever and conquer Mm -hmm. it, right. But what we've found, and with the help of research from one of our advisors, Beth Brooke, she helped lead the EY Olympic athlete program. Um, And their big thing was, taking that, she wanted to take that across other companies um, and really help athletes be placed into places that they would thrive in those companies. A lot of them are like those startup minded positions, you know, with the potential to grow. Um, But without it kind of, if you look at the more traditional route um, without continued education, athletes really can thrive in business development, marketing, sales, finance, real estate, um, and media and broadcasting. And those are kind of the lanes that we are focused on right now. We definitely have a network that expands and goes beyond that, but those are definitely the, the segments that we're um, diving deep in. Obviously we talk about, you know, athletes, it's what we do. 
obviously the job is what we do. How do we, what are some tips that you have in terms of finding out who we are? Because I feel like finding out who we are will help lead us into the thing, the many things that we both talk about, whether it's finance, whether it's career, whether it's, you know, job transition, but what are some tips and tools and insights that you have around that working with the amount of athletes that you, you work with on a day-to-day basis? It's, it's one of those things that's, it's a journey and I'm kind of saying, speaking to it earlier, um, and then you might have some, something different, but I think a lot of the athletes that we've, we've been talking to, they're either in the space in which they're trying to get their foot in the door, right? I just, I just need somebody to give me that chance. Or they've had an experience like a lot of us have where, they, where they've gotten into something and realized ins- doing insurance is not actually not what I, what I yeah. want to do. I want to I do you know, this over here. I'm interested in, in this space. And I think that's where we can really help, right? It, especially in that transition, not only out of your sport, but into a different industry. Um, just because of the companies that we're that we're partnering with. But I, I I think it goes back to like just having some bravery to really think to yourself, you know, turn off YouTube and like really consider like what do you actually enjoy doing? Because in the, I, I feel like in each of our minds, there's like a secret thing that we tell ourselves, like, man, if if I could do this, like I'll be so happy. Yeah. Right. But we keep that in the back of our mind instead of like bringing that forward and starting to chip away at it. And so like going back to my view on like, hey, I'm going to be working 40 or 50 years. Like if you I, I would my advice would be if you can start working toward to that, whatever that that end is or that inkling of the idea is, um, the sooner you do that, the better, because uh, it's really only going to be it's your life you're living instead of like somebody else's. I just think it's really important yeah. to try to be brave. And I that. think, yeah, and I think that's something that we're really Patty Hubbard, this is one of her big passions. Um, she st- started in the minor leagues. Her big thing is not knowing where the the trajectory of how to get up in that. And you might start in one position, um, but then there's so much opportunity from there to then go into, there's finance in those, in teams. There's all these different departments. There's recruiting. You know, mm-hmm. there's all these different ways that you can be, um, really passionate within in our different organizations. Um, But then going back to your question, originally, it's kind of like what we like to do is try to think about what the, what and make the athlete think about what makes them tick. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And so we've talked to a couple of people who created different like IPs around personality assessments and Mm -hmm. are really getting down into how to help and so we're exploring that right now with a, a handful of different partners um, mm-hmm. of creating tools to, that will be really powerful to help athletes answer a list of questions and then pop out some different recommendations for them to dive deeper on, the, uh, on their own with. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think it's, it's the opportunity in front of us is really excited to help um, people kind of navigate that in a, in a more straightforward way. What's next for Uru that you can share? Obviously, we talked offline that you got some <laughs> exciting news coming up, but we can't share that. But what's next? What's the vision? And where, and where do you see the space going? The athlete career transition. This is something that every athlete will face, whether they like it or not. Someone that I, I'm very close with, Andrew Hawk says, sports is the only thing guaranteed to end in divorce that, you know, <laughs> people don't, people, people haven't, you know, come to terms yeah. with, but you're, you're, you're going to have to let go of sports. So it's all about 
finding that that next game that's going to give you the same passion, the same compassion about life. So what what's next for Uru Sports? You want me to take it? <laughs> so, yeah, right <laughs> now, this year, <laughs> we're really excited. So we're partnering with 30 different companies um, and really building a trusted relationship with them. And we're being very selective with those companies of who value hiring athletes that have cultures that our athletes will fit in um, and then really partner with them to help create the the pathway into their company where these athletes will thrive. And then at the same time, we're building our bench of talent. We have access to more than 1.6 million athletes right now, which is pretty incredible. And so it's just collecting as much data on them as possible so that we can help as many people and match them to great, meaningful careers as possible. To that point, Ainsley, you, you you mentioned like having a strict criteria about who you let on the platform from a company standpoint. What are some questions that athletes should ask the companies? Because obviously they're in a situation where sometimes it's like, you know, I just need a job now because I need the money or um, or I, I think this is like the field I want to pursue. But what are some questions, maybe two or three questions that they could ask to follow that that criteria of sorts? I, I think Again, being being early stage and, and wanting to kind of help as many athletes as we can, uh, I you know, one of the initial things is just kind of like what's the highest level that you've played and kind of what sport. And for us, like on the back end, can we verify that? Because strangely enough, we do get a little bit of, you know, people coming in who yeah. <laughs> you're like, what? I'm yeah. not really my, my apologies. I'm talking from the sense of like an athlete goes to a company. Like, what questions should they be asking that company? Because the companies interview the athletes, but the athletes should also be interviewing them as well. Oh, absolutely. And I think a big thing is about the culture fit, you know, because if the culture fit doesn't exist, then it's going to end up in a divorce, like you're saying, right? (laughs) And so a big one is about, like, especially who are they going to work with directly, right? Um, And what is, you, you need to learn all like the basics, but a big thing that we are helping coach our athletes on is really the mission of the company and that they're, that they will, their work that they're pouring into actually has an outcome that they're excited about. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that is a big thing that we're helping athletes kind of think about in a bigger way. Yeah. And I I would say even further, in addition, in addition to that, for the companies that we're partnering with, a lot of them have athletes who are already kind of working at the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, so we also try to pull out those athletes. Um, so so people who are applying, the athletes they who are applying, they can reach out to them. Because in my experience, that that says a lot, right? Even if it's not your direct report, that, that, that relationship is definitely important. But like somebody else within the organization who can who can really tell you what it's like to work there is also like deeply helpful in kind of making that 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 final decision but it ultimately goes back to fit like that's what that's why we started Euro sports like yes to help athletes but we understand through our athletic experience that above skill set above like anything it's really about fit it's the whole reason that you have in-person interview or you know it's the whole reason why you have face-to-face interviews to really yeah. understand and see like will this person fit with my culture all right, with the culture of our company and vice versa, you as the uh, candidate should be thinking, well, you know, is this the culture that I want to like fit into, right? Are these the yeah. people who I can see myself really working with long-term? Because 
you know, being even yeah. a, being a, even a small startup, like our team and our culture is like super, super important because you, you're going to see each other every, you, you know, you see each yeah, other like, every, every day. Yeah. Every yeah. day. But I think that that's a, a great point, Amobi, is that it can almost take some of the pressure off athletes as they're having these conversations because it's so important to be authentic, you mm-hmm. know, and be your true self because you don't want to try to be someone else, <laughs> get a job, and then you're not going to be happy. They're not exactly. going to be happy, right? So I think that's a really big thing is to also, before interviews, reflect on really what you want this experience to be and get those questions answered, you know, um, whether it will be it or not. So, so obviously, uh, I don't want to take up too much of your time in closing, uh, where can people find you? Any last words that you would have for, you know, an athlete at any level, I, I know we'll be in touch very soon, but <laughs> yeah, let's, let's close this out. Yeah. You guys can find us on www.uversports.com. We also have an Instagram and a LinkedIn, your sports. Um, and yeah, any athletes, former college, Olympic, or pro athletes, we'd love you to join our talent bench, kind of stay up to date with amazing job opportunities from companies who love to hire you. And that's you are you. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we're going to have all that information in the show notes. Make sure you check them out. I'm on the platform as... I guess talent is that what is considered or yeah you're part of our athlete network too yeah athlete network on both sides I'm always trying to learn always trying to help out but what Ainsley and Zeke are building is a great platform a lot of athletes in the past wish they would have had something like this growing up so definitely take advantage definitely use them as a resource but that's it for this show hopefully y'all enjoyed we'll catch you later if you would be so kind please leave a review please rate Um, It helps us continue to find a way to get wonderful guests like Zeke and Ainsley when they have their busy schedules. It helps us convince them to get on the show. So appreciate y'all and uh, we'll catch y'all soon. But Ainsley and Zeke, thank you all so much and we'll catch you at a later time. Thank you. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you for tuning in to this podcast episode. For more information, check out the show notes and go to our website, www.afrugalathlete.com. If you enjoyed, please leave a favorable rating and review and share and subscribe. Thank you so much.